Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I am Ken's sidekick. I am Dylan Waugh. I am the jughead to Ken's Archie. That's right, I wear a paper crown everywhere I go. This week we're going to be following up on conversations we had last week about the Vancouver Canucks and Toronto Maple Leafs. We're also going to be talking about the Buffalo Sabres and Adam Fintilli, along with a few other random thoughts around the league. You know what, just, just listen to the end, you'll see. Well, Ken, you're uh, joining us from the quarantine of uh, of of Western Scarborough. How are you feeling? Oh, thanks for telling everybody where I live, Dylan. Now there will be people outside my house. Um, I I don't feel so hot. Don't feel don't so be good. ridiculous, Ken. Nobody listens to us. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I don't feel so good actually. Got the COVID. Got the Rona. Yeah, finally. Yeah. You join the rest of us mere mortals. I'm cough here just to say, oh, I can mute on here. There, I just coughed. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, we are we are doing this remotely because uh, I'm uh, in quarantine. And I apologize in advance if at any time during this podcast and without warning, I launch into a coughing fit reminiscent of someone who had the consumption in the Irish potato famine. But... Uh, you know, well, well, we're playing hurt. We'll get through it. <laughs> it wouldn't be a hockey podcast if we didn't. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and considering how old school we both are. Right. Yeah. 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 Play through the pain. What is that? A torn ACL? You don't need to use anything that I don't even know what the acronym stands for. Concussion. Forget it. You just told your bell wrong. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Yeah, in football they used to tell us you'll never forget the first time you get your bell rung. And uh you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, and That's then the and now, brain now the saying is now the saying is you'll never remember the first time you got your bell rung. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's an uh, an evolving world out there. So I think we need to start off with that's my phone. I'm going to turn the ringer off. I think we need to start off with uh, a little bit of touching base on some things that we talked about last week because situations have changed in the NHL. And so uh, let's start off with the um, Vancouver Canucks. We both said Bruce Boudreaux's too new. No chance that he gets fired midseason. You know, they've already pulled that trigger last year. Uh, no chance they do it again. How are you feeling about that? 
well, um, I mean, I read in my daily newspaper today that Patrick Alvin, the GM, has said that uh, they're not contemplating a, a coaching change. Um, so he got the ever popular vote of in, vote of in, or, or endorsement from the GM, which we know is not really worth that much. Um, yeah, how do you tell when a GM's lying? Yeah, his his lips are moving. His lips are um, moving. Yeah, well, you know, and you know, I mean, the sweater on the ice—that's big. That's huge, in my opinion. That that really um, is indicative of a fan base that is um, really, really full of angst here, um, and um, they're not getting it done. They're not getting. They're not getting the goaltending they were getting last year. No. Um, and some of their players, I mean, I think Pedersen's been very good. JT Miller's been okay. Uh, now Besser's hurt. Um, you know, you've got some, you've got some pretty key injuries there. Um, but I mean, how much longer do you allow this to happen? Um, what are they? Oh, five and two. Um, something like that at last, uh, at last glance. Yeah. But at least in the last game, they didn't blow a lead. So there was that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I mean, you just, I, I don't, I don't know how long you can, you can sustain this kind, these kinds of results. And, uh, especially with a team that a lot of people thought was going to be a lot better this year, you know, some people didn't, but there were a lot of people, particularly in that fan base who thought that that team was going to, uh, really compete for a playoff spot now. I mean, I mean, as as you know, I I put myself in the group that didn't think that they were going to be right. uh, better, right? Um, and I, you know, I will say, like uh, Demko's obviously been playing pretty rough right now, but it's I I don't think that it's as bad as the absolutely horrific save percentage and goal saved above expected says that it is, right? I I just I mean, it was the same thing that happened in Montreal last year where like a high quality chance, you know, in front of the slot, like is averaged out in the whole league, but in Vancouver, their defense is so bad that every one of those high quality chances is of the upper echelon of high quality chances. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really a tire fire there. And, and, you know, just knowing yeah, and, that Quinn, uh, Quinn Hughes, who has hurt has been a big part of that, that, uh, has been a big part of that that tire fire on the, on the back end. Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, Quinn Hughes is, he does what he does exceptionally well. You know, he's no kale McCarr, right. But uh, who is close. He's close. Uh, He is at one end of the ice. That's for sure. And yes, you're right. Oh, five and two with already a minus 12 goal differential over seven games. Yeah. So that's almost two goals a game. Yeah, they're almost they're, they're getting by. beaten by almost two goals a game. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely crazy. So yeah, I uh, you know I agree with you. I was kind of like, oh, no chance that they fire Boudreaux so quickly. Blah blah blah. The Mike Boudreaux effect, you know. And now I'm kind of like uh, Bruce Bruce Boudreaux. Actually, knew a Mike Boudreaux. <laughs> that's where that came from. And but now here I am going like, I don't know how much further they can let it slip. Like. It's just crazy. Well, and plus, like, it's like, it's like, it's not though, uh, you know, this is some bad luck or it's, it's, these are really, 
structural like deficiencies in this team. You know, they're, they're coughing up a lot of pucks at the blue line. You yeah. know, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of willingness to win puck battles. You know, their, their penalty kill has been not good. Um, you know, there doesn't, there just doesn't seem to me to be a lot of structure in their game, like either in either end of the ice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and what does that come down to? You know, that comes down to coaching, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it usually does. Uh, there's definitely a thought that maybe Boudreaux just not the right coach for this team. Right. Much like John Tortorella, when he coached the Vancouver Canucks, like everybody knew that that was just not exactly a match made in heaven when that happened. Yeah. So he just, he might not be the right coach for the team. I like him a lot. He's maybe one of my favorite coaches in the league, but uh, uh, you know, it's just, just might not be them. But that being said, you know, they always say that he brings out good things in talent. And uh, like you mentioned, Elias Pedersen's been one of the few bright spots on that team. Yeah. I think Bo Horvat's actually been pretty good. Yeah. Um, he, I think he got off to a slow start, um, but I think he, I think he really picked it up. Um, you know, Demko has struggled. I think JT Miller, despite the fact that he had a couple of goals the other night, I think he's struggled. Um, and, you know, I mean, they both, I think they both played a lot better uh, <clears throat> in that game against Carolina on, yep. what was that Saturday? I can't, I can't remember now. Yep. Um, uh, you know, so, so maybe, uh, you know, maybe that, maybe that's, maybe that's part of a turnaround, Yeah. but you know, you've got Quinn Hughes out, you've got Brock Besser out. Um, you know, it's, 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 I, I don't know that anybody's going to come in here and, 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 and fix this thing. That's one of those things where they, probably are going to have to pull themselves out of it. Or, you know, what do you think? Like, you know, do you think does, does this push the Canucks into what some people thought they should have done before, which is, you know, a bit of a rebuild. I don't know. Jim Rutherford's used the, the dreaded R word. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there hasn't, and, and I'm not here to say that the Vancouver Canucks are going to be the 32nd, team in the NHL this year. Yeah. Um, but there has not been a number one overall pick that has been chosen by his hometown team since I think Michelle Plass was chosen by the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, he's out there, right? Connor Bedard is out there. He's a yeah. homegrown kid from North Vancouver. Um, you know, I mean... Uh, that would be, I suppose, one of the one of the the upsides to uh, to a, a you know a lost season. But I, I don't think anybody's thinking that right now. Although you know, I mean, you know, Rutherford said it on Hockey Night in Canada this week. He said, you know, we we may very well be in a rebuild in the direction we're going. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know. So I mean, it's not like it's not like they're not thinking it. It's not like they're sitting there going. Oh yeah, we're a good team. We just need to, you know, tweak a few things here and we're going to be right back in the race. You know, well, maybe the, they're looking and saying, um, hey, uh, this this might not this might not be working out the way we we expected it would. Well, my my biggest fear, if I were a Vic, Vancouver Canucks fan, my biggest fear would be that management would try for a swing for the fences trade. Yeah. And and try for some big move to, you know, um, you know, make the playoffs. 
Yeah, I think that would be a big mistake. Right. So as opposed to trading out some picks, resetting, I, it just, the world is not so black and white, right? You don't have to do what the Buffalo Sabres did. You don't have to do what Chicago Blackhawks have done or, you know, Arizona Coyotes. Like, you don't have to do that. You can turn around and acknowledge that, you know, Pedersen and De- Demko and Hughes and and to a lesser extent in the long term, Horvat and Miller are are excellent pieces. You can acknowledge that, uh, you know, and maybe you're not fighting for first overall, but, you know, like it, it's, it's, you'd still get a very good complimentary piece, especially this year at three or four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and uh, I just, yeah, just let it happen. Just, just let it happen. I, and I think that that's where Rutherford's head's at. Just judging by his comments, just let it happen. Um, I, I, I wouldn't personally be firing Boudreaux, but you've got a pretty, uh, you got a pretty, pretty antsy fan base at this point. Oh, you think? <laughs> you think? They're antsy at the best of times. Like they are. Like, like I always, I used to. I used to travel to Vancouver a lot for when I covered the lease <clears throat> and they play in Vancouver. And I always maintained that, <clears throat> you know, for people who live in such a beautiful part of the world and for people who, uh, you know, have such a lovely city and, and, and the ocean there and everything, they're cranky as hell. Yeah. They are just freaking cranky. Might and they think do. like, they think everything's a conspiracy theory and they, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I guess they've been, with the hockey team, they've probably been conditioned to kind of be cranky, but um, it's not like, you know, this team has, you know, um, had a ton of success, although they have had, you know, periods of time where they've been one of the better teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Should we uh, move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I guess so. Sure. I can, I can hear you playing with that uh, bass, by the way. Oh, I'm the- trying to fix it. <laughs> forget it i'm throwing it away okay <laughs> all right so so ken's dealing for those at home ken's ken's dealing with some new technology at the home studio and so that's why he sounds so good and you can hear those coughs in real high def it's like he's right there coughing in your face yeah you might get covid by listening to this <laughs> um so from one end of the spectrum to the other to the other end of the spectrum <clears throat> Toronto is now just above a 500 record at 0.571 with uh, points percentage. They're now four, three and oh, I, I, it's safe to say that I, they're not out of the woods. They're not, you know, nobody in Toronto is happy with being sixth in the Atlantic right now, but uh, it's also, um, well, it's a lot better <laughs> than last week when we spoke. What's your what's your feelings on the pulse of the team right now? It's a lot better, you think? After the after that game, after that game Monday night? I mean their record is better. Oh, their record is better. I don't yeah. think the uh the level of angst is uh is any better. In fact, it might even be worse now. Well, that's that's why I asked you what the what what what's your what's your read on the pulse of the of the fan base right now? Oh, I think I think they're they're really they're really upset and they're really anxious. Yeah. Um, you know, this team, this is a team that, you know, is 29th in scoring right now. Just I mean, as we all predicted would be the case. Exactly. I mean, 
I, I mean, that's that to me is is, you know, is where there's some real, you know, some real cause for concern here. I mean, this is a team that used to be able to excuse me, I'm going to cough. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, this is a team that's always traditionally been able to score its way out of trouble, yeah. you know, but it hasn't been, been doing that. It hasn't it hasn't done that mostly because uh, as Sheldon Keefe said and had to apologize, not apologize for, but clarify for some stupid reason, uh, their elite players aren't playing like elite players. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you know, they had, you know, and, and, I, you know, I mean, Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons are, are good guys and they actually played pretty well when they were brought into the lineup. But, you know, I mean, that was not part of the plan. I mean, you know, you look at Zach Aston Reese and Nicholas Obey-Kubel, and yeah. they were supposed to be the guys on the fourth line. And, yeah. you know, now you've got them juggling their lines. Alex Kerfoot, who's actually been pretty good, is going to play up with uh, Martin Matthews. You know, so where does that leave Michael Bunting? <clears throat> and uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and and to me, you know, I, I, I mean, it's it's very, very clear that Sheldon Keefe is is at least on a on a warm seat, if not a hot seat. Um, and part of the reason I say that is because uh, Barry Trotz was interviewed on a uh, was was uh, interviewed on a podcast, the Cam and Strick podcast. Uh, it's a pretty popular podcast, actually, um, recently. And he said something like, well, you know, I'm still not ready. Um, you know, we'll see. I still want to spend some time with my family. I want to get through Christmas and then we'll see where we are. And then he dropped a nugget that I thought was very, very interesting. And he said, the thought of coaching an original six team intrigues me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's break that down. Boston, Jim Montgomery's the coach or the best team in the league. Okay, he's not going there. Yeah. New York Rangers, Gerard Gallant, no. Chicago, Luke Richardson, the Chicago Blackhawks are 4-2 and two right now. And also they just had a quote about, uh, I forget who said it on their team, but about how Luke Richardson's a calming presence and yeah, yeah, yeah. really helpful, blah, blah, blah. But yes. Detroit, Detroit Red Wings. Just got uh, a new coach. New coach, Derek Lalonde. And, uh, okay. So uh, Montreal Canadians, uh, Martin St. Louis, um, and they're getting some decent results. You'd that have to get through th- his, you'd have to get through his juicy quads to get his job. Exactly. Yeah. That leaves one team that leaves one team and that team is struggling. Yeah. So I don't know whether that was a sort of tacit, uh, Hey, I'm interested sort of thing, but, um, now we know. Like he's there, he's there, he's waiting, he's going to come back. He may come back in the second half of the year. Uh, and there's, and he's intrigued by coaching an original six team. And there's really only one original six team that is going to be looking for a new coach at any point this year. And that would be the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's also that um, two things. One, he didn't say, let me have a year off with my family. He said, let me get through Christmas. And the hockey yeah. season is still young like presumably Toronto won't be completely out of the hunt at Christmas it's it's kind of like the the cavalry and like an old cavalry in, a, in an old movie you know being like oh wait for it it's not quite the 11th hour yet you know <laughs> wait for yeah. it we're gonna make this look really good well yeah it's it's funny because 
Ken Holland has always been a big proponent of the, the U.S. Thanksgiving rule. And that is that uh, pretty much the standings as of the end of the U.S. Thanksgiving weekend are pretty much what you're going to see at the end of the year. So where you are then is close to where you're going to end up. I don't yeah. think that's always the case. I think it's in terms of if you're in the playoffs at that point in the season, chances are you're going to stay in the playoffs. If you're out of the playoffs, you, you might be on the outside looking in at the end with yeah. a few, you know, exceptions here and there. So, um, so, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, they've got what now a month or a month, uh, before they figure out where there are in, 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 by that measure. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not, um, yeah, the, 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 this is a team that's, uh, that's really, you know, I mean, now they're talking about the identity of the team and, finding their identity and everything. Like, give me a break. What do you mean finding your identity? You know, you've, this group has been together for a long time. Yeah. This core group has been together for a long time. You should pretty much know what your identity is at this point in the, in the, in the proceedings, shouldn't you? Um, yeah. So, and I mean, you know, Sheldon Keefe has twice called out his team after really, really bad losses. Um, and, you know, I mean, it just, just seems to me that, um, <laughs> that he is, yeah. You know, like I said, I think he's on a very, very warm seat, if not a hot seat at the moment. Right. So in, in summation then mm-hmm. of those, uh, of those two Vancouver, were kind of uh, changing your tune to say that there's maybe a hot seat there and, and Toronto remains a hot seat. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, before we get to our next topic, check out kencampbell.substack.com. You can get this podcast directly into your inbox, or you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of that good stuff, CastBox, Spotify, all that great stuff. Yeah, Spotify, the one that uh, hates Neil Young. Who hates right. Neil Young? Spotify, there was a tiff with Neil oh, Young. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, thought you were, I thought you were implying that I hate Neil Young. Well, I'm saying that us by extension, you know, we should be, we should oh, be I removing see. Yeah, ourselves yeah, yeah. from Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, anyways, well, there's there's the plug. So let's move on to the next t- topic. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a quicker episode today. Um, let's talk about Adam Fantilli. I remember last year when we were chatting about kind of the big three potential pickups in this draft as Bedard, Fantilli, and uh, Mikheyev Michkov. And I remember saying to you, um, you know, I, I refer to them as, as Michkov, Bedard, and the other fellow because... It just seemed like Bedard and Mitchkoff were the two neck and neck. Yeah. But there's some uh there's some very interesting buzz around uh Fantilli. Uh care to elaborate? You you spoke to him recently. Yeah, I just spoke to him the other night. Actually, I was I called him and he was this is adorable. He was uh folding his laundry. Oh, does he want to come over? I've got two weeks worth <laughs> yeah. sitting on my bed right now. He was folding his laundry in his dorm room that he shares with his brother. How great is that, right? At the <laughs> University of Michigan. Him and yeah, his brother, he and his brother are both are both uh freshmen at the University of Michigan. Um, his brother's name is Luca. Um Adam Fantilli, I've been intrigued with him ever since. I want to say that what was it the 2019 or the 2018 OHL Cup? Uh, they his he was playing for the uh, the Toronto Nationals, um, or was it the Red Wings? 
they were playing against um, they were playing against um, the Don Mills Flyers in the OHL Cup, the under eight, under under sixteen um, championship play, for Ontario. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, Shane Wright was playing for for the Don Mills Flyers. Uh, they won the game, uh, but I went to that game and uh, Shane Wright was the MVP of the tournament and of the game. But I thought that the kid on the other side, Fantilli was the best player on the ice. Hmm. Um, he's big, he's strong. He's very, very productive. Like right now he has 15 points in six games like that is, you know, and to put that into perspective, he just turned 18. So he's, he's what they call, <clears throat> a true freshman in the NCAA. Like, because a lot of guys, when they come in as freshmen, they have to play a couple of years of junior hockey first, like uh, junior A hockey first yeah. to get them ready for the, for the level of competition. But this kid is 18 years old. He came right in out of the USHL played for the Chicago steel last year um, was uh, you know, uh, is playing against guys that are 20, 21, 22, some of them 23, um, he's winning 60% of his face-offs. He's got 15 points in six games. Um, he's, he's, he's as good or like he's, he's putting up better numbers than Jack Eichel did as a freshman, uh, you know, playing, playing, uh, NCAA hockey. And he's like, I mean, people are now talking about, you know, I mean, Paul Korea had a hundred points in his freshman year. Uh, at the University of Maine in 1992 or 1991, whatever year it was. Um, and, you know, they're talking about Fantilli maybe, you know, maybe approaching that kind of production. Yeah. Um, he's He's been outstanding so far. And I just wonder if it's, if it's sacrilege to suggest that there's any world in which we <clears throat> start to consider that maybe – you know, when everything is said and done, this guy is going to be right there in the conversation with Connor Bedard for the first overall pick. I mean, it was inconceivable that anybody but Shane Wright would go first overall. Uh, let's say six weeks before the draft. Six weeks before the draft was maybe when let's I first six, started. Let's say six days before the draft. <laughs> well, six weeks before the draft oh, was when yeah, I first right. started yeah. seeing Twitter. Yeah. You know, because obviously I follow Habs Twitter pretty carefully. Uh, six weeks before was when I first started seeing it kind of, you know, hey, there might be an argument for, uh, but it was kind of dismissed then. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Like people showed up in Montreal with make the right pick on their shirts. Yeah. You know, people showed up with Shane Wright jerseys. Like it just, uh, so it, it is interesting, but I like, I just don't think that it's unheard of. I mean, when you watch Shane Wright's career, compared to Connor Bedard's it's not he hasn't had the production that uh, Bedard had but up until that point the exceptional status and you know what I mean the accolades have been fairly similar both have been considered generational talents for a very long time yeah um you know it just doesn't seem like uh it just doesn't seem like a crazy thing to me well, it's, it's not. And, 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 you know, I mean, you look back to 2013, um, yeah. you know, Seth Jones forever was the number one guy. He was, he was a guy and, you know, the hockey teams even had him on the cover of their, their draft preview saying number one pick this and that 
Uh, well, yeah. you know, I mean, now, you know, then, you know, when the draft comes, it's uh, he's, he, he drops to fourth. Um, so it's, uh, you know, and that's not going to happen. It's either going to be Bedard or Fantilli at first overall, I would think. Um, but especially you know, if the situation in Russia does not improve. Yeah. 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 That there will, that will be, that will certainly be a factor as well. Yeah. Um, and he's hurt and, 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 uh, um, Mitchkoff is hurt. So, um, but Fantilli, you know, he hasn't put up the numbers, but he hasn't, he's taken a very different and very, very, um, unique path to where he is. Right. So, he plays, he plays minor midget hockey for, um, as a, as a, like he was, a he was, um, he was playing a year up when he played in the, uh, OHL cup that year. Um, so he plays a year up and then the next year he spoke, he, he was actually playing for the Toronto junior Canadians minor midget team. And then his brother went to school at a place called Kimball, uh, Academy in New Hampshire. And one weekend he and his dad went down to visit him. And the father said that he could not, that he, he, he underestimated how much Adam missed his older brother, Luca, who was playing there. And so they made the decision then that they were going to try and get him to play there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they got a release, you know, the junior Canadians were really, really good about it. They understood he would, he would have been the best player in Ontario, maybe the best under 16 player in Canada at the time. And instead of instead of blocking his way and making it difficult for him to go and play with his brother, they actually facilitated it and allowed it. So he went, he goes off, he plays uh, a year with his brother at a prep school in New Hampshire, you know, so not really, you know, probably not the highest quality of, of competition. Uh, he dominates there. Then he goes to the USHL for two years because he's basically made the decision at this point that he's, He's not going to play in the OHL. He's going to play uh, NCAA. So he plays two years in the USHL with the Chicago Steel, which is as good as any major junior program you're going to find. I mean, that program is incredible. Um, last year, he you know he has seventy four points in fifty four games, and now he uh, and now he and now he's at the University of Michigan tearing it up as as a freshman. I mean, you know, it's not it's not it's not outrageous to suggest that if he keeps up this production, which I'm not sure he's going to, because they've, uh, to be honest, Michigan has had a bit of a soft uh, schedule to this point. They're playing Western Michigan this weekend. I think that'll be a bigger test for them. Um, But if he keeps up this kind of production, uh, you know, you're talking about Hobie Baker award winner, um, you know, best player in college hockey kind of thing. Um, So yeah, I mean, he's taken a different, a different route. Whereas, you know, Connor Bedard went to the WHL as the first exceptional player played in the bubble was ridiculous that year. Um, you know, was outscored pretty much everybody at the major junior level for that age group, other than Wayne Gretzky. Um, you know, and then last year was, was outstanding. And, and this year has been very, very good again, leads the leads the league in points, leads the league in goals, I believe. And the thing, the, the thing that will be really interesting to see here is, um, is the world juniors, right? They'll both be on the world junior team. You would think. Um, yeah. Well, no, not, you would think they're both going to be on the world junior team. Yeah, what, are you, what am exactly. I talking? Uh, well, you would uh, think you would think, no, you would know 
You would I, know. I was assuming you were saying barring any injury or, or yeah, that's what it would be. Like you know, that. Yeah, barring any injury or barring, you know, the thing being canceled for some reason, yeah. uh, you know, they're going to both be playing in the world juniors. Um, so that'll be interesting because, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the old, the 18 year old, 19 year old tournament that it used to be, but it would be very interesting for Canada to go into a tournament with their one, two punch down the middle neither of whom are, you know, both of whom are, are like not drafted yet. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's ever, that's ever happened with Canada. I doubt it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to Fantilli about it last night and I said, you know, if I didn't know any better. I said, I'd say you're trying to make some kind of statement. And he <laughs> said, Oh, what would that be? And I said, well, what do you think? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, and he said, no, I'm not. He said, I'm not, I'm really absolutely not trying to make a statement. He says, I know how good Connor Bedard is. We all know how good he is. You know, I'm not trying to do anything here. Um, and you know, I, I, I take him at his word because the kid is a pretty smart kid and he doesn't lead people on. Like he never led the OHL on to think that he was going to play there. Uh, you know, that he was, he was gonna, that he was going to be joining their league, <clears throat> you know? So I think it's going to make for an interesting, what 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 we what a lot of people thought was going to be a one horse race, I think, is now a, a one and a half developing into a two horse race. Yeah, the last point that I just want to touch on uh, for listeners that um, you know don't follow this stuff, I I don't I don't follow most junior ranks very much, but one thing that I'll say that I know about the NCAA is that you don't tend to put up a lot of points. And especially as a freshman, you don't tend to put up a lot of points. It's a more, it's not as open a hockey, a style of hockey as, as we have in our major junior systems here. Well, it, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's a fair comment. Um, largely because as, as freshmen and like, like the thing is there's, there's a real, there's a real importance to the fact that he's actually what they call a true freshman, right? Yeah. Like he's an 18 year old kid, 17 year old kid coming into this league. Whereas a lot of guys have to wait a year or two or sometimes even more before they get their chance to be able to be ready enough to play in that league. You're playing against older players. You're playing fewer games. You know, you're playing in a much more structured system. You're only playing weekends. Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's sort of built that way. And there are teams like, I mean, Notre Dame is a, is a notoriously defensive team, um, yeah. you know, but at, you know, in the University of Michigan, you've got, you know, you've usually got quite a bit of talent there. Uh, and they do again this year. So um, scoring goals has been really no problem and creating offense has been no problem there. Uh, but part of the reason is because they've got some of the best players, uh, best young players in, in the world playing there. I guess my point to say is that uh, his scoring pace would be impressive in major junior and in NCAA it's even more so. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yep. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win its game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so before we get into our last segment, check out kencampbell.substack.com. You're giving me a weird look, Ken. Are you checking no. yourself out in the in the recording? Well, no, my hair. Like I just look like Jim Ignatowski from Taxi. What do you right like? Uh, what do you like? Like you're like um, what's his name from Oh Brother Where Art Thou? It just wakes up and goes, my hair. <laughs> I don't Anyways. want pomade. I'm a dapper Dan man. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, let's go. All right, Ken Campbell.substack.com for this and Ken's other great writing. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. All that great stuff. Last topic, the Buffalo Sabres. Right. I've heard terms being used such as good vibes. I think it's interesting how uh, my generation has stolen the word vibes from you guys, Ken. Take that. Yeah, there you go. Ah, got them. Well, they weren't very good. What was it, last night or two nights ago? Two nights ago. They weren't. They were terrible in Seattle. Um, yes. But aside from that, really, really like lousy performance. Uh, there are lots of good vibes around this team. There are tons of good vibes around this team. I mean, they've, they've, they've finally, I think found the recipe and the chemistry that they've been looking for, for what a decade, you know, I mean, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys who want to be there. They've got a bunch of good young guys. It's funny. They're the youngest team in the league and they have the oldest player in the league. Craig Anderson Anderson is 41 years old. He's the oldest player in the NHL. He's young at heart, but, but they are the youngest team in the NHL. And, and they also have Kyle Ocpozo. Who's what? He's got to be at least 36. I don't know. Yeah. He's not young. Anyways. Anyways, this team has really, really found its stride. And I think all of it, almost all of it has to do with the work of, of, uh, GM Kevin Adams, who, um, who I, I covered when he played. Uh, he played for the Leafs for a very short time. Not not a really short time, but for a couple of years. Um, yep. And I always thought, you know, it was funny. I'd, you'd go into the dressing room, right? And I remember I'd look around and I remember I thought of this afterwards. Once Travis Green became the coach of the Vancouver Canucks, I was like, if I walked into the room then and it was like, who's the who's the last guy I would expect to be a coach in the NHL? Probably would have been Travis Green. But yeah. he's a coach and he's a good coach. I, I still think he's a really good coach. And, you know, when you talk to guys like Kevin Adams and you talk to guys like Tom Fitzgerald and you talk to guys like that, you knew these these guys were going to have a career, you know, uh, after hockey in the game because they were pretty smart guys. Anyways, Kevin Adams, I think, has done a fabulous job. I think his first day on the job, he had to fire 22 people. Um, on the, on the, uh, on the, the, uh, the orders of ownership. Yeah. Um, but he has done such a great job. I mean, they are hitting on picks. They're hitting on picks in the first round. They're hitting on picks in the second round. They're hitting on picks in the fifth round. Um, they, they are going to be at a spot soon where they're actually going to have too many prospects. Like they've got, they've got a ton of good, like really, really good young players and they're going to have too many soon. And they're probably going to have to start to trade some of these guys away to maybe get help for now. Um, but they are trending in 
an incredibly good direction. And, and it's good to see. I mean, I think it's really good for the league when a team like Buffalo and a market that is as passionate about the game as, as Buffalo is, is relevant and good instead yeah. of being the team for 10 years that like was like that all there was was drama around them. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, yeah, I think uh, I think there's some really good good vibes coming in there. You know, I mean, uh, they've got three impact rookies in their lineup in Owen Power, JJ Paterka, and Jack Quinn. Uh, mm-hmm. Paterka and Quinn both played in the American Hockey League last year um, under Seth Appert, who's the coach in Rochester. And you know, I mean, like you look at at, at that organization. Okay, so. Michael Pekka, who was the captain of that team and is pretty much a franchise icon, is an assistant coach for their minor league team in Rochester. You know, I mean, like he's the guy who said, okay, I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the right way. And I kind of want to get, you know, get my, get my coaching spurs the, you know, the right way. So he's gone Mm -hmm. down and apparently he's been a big help. And I mean, both (laughs) Quinn and Paterka last year in Rochester were lights out. They were great. They had a, and they, they ended up having a great run in the playoffs. They, they actually just kind of squeaked into the playoffs and then they ended up going to the conference final. They were swept, swept by Laval in the conference final. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of good feelings around there. And, you, you know, you look at a guy like Alex Tuck, you know, a guy who came in last year in the Jack Eichel trade and, you know, wanted to be there, you know, like he wanted to be a Buffalo Sabre. He's grown up in that area, you know, mm-hmm. with the goat head on his, you know, and he, he just loves it, you know, and, you know, they get, they get Buffalo, they get, they get Alex Tuck, they get Peyton Krabs and they get the pick that they they used to get Noah Ostland at 16th overall. Like they, I don't think even in their wildest dreams, they thought that the, that the pick they were getting fifth or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, they had three first round picks last year. Um, they're playing really well this year. Uh, you know, I mean, they're, they've got some questions on defense, I think, especially with the injury to Samuelson and, yeah. and that, but, uh, but they're, yeah, there's some good things happening there. Yeah, I mean, the questions on defense are the most answerable questions you can ever find. You know, every, every year, uh, you know, like last year, Ben Sherratt got signed by the Detroit Red Wings. They didn't, they paid him more than I'd like to see Ben Sherratt making, but they didn't break the bank for him. Like every year yeah. there's, there are good complimentary defensemen being, being signed in this league. And You've got Darlene. Yeah. Right? You've got um uh what's his name on the second pair? Um uh power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've got that right. I'm just I'm Yeah, yeah. he's a second yeah, pair. Owen Power. Yeah, yeah. You've got Owen yeah. Power on the second pair. Um like you've got the two cornerstones of your defense. You've got yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like what, like, obviously they're not competing for a cup this year, but in the very near future, when they are competing for a cup, the, the ability to fill in only one side of the defense and not have to get a true number one defenseman or a true number three yeah, or really yeah. a number two, but just leading the second pairing. If you really think about it that way, the, the, it's the easiest thing in the world to fill, I guess, is my point. Well, right? I, I'm not sure it's that easy, but 
um, but it, it will be easy for them. Well, I, I've, I've watched Montreal um, write about Montreal, all the rest of it. And I've watched them in two consecutive years, get Joel Edmondson and then David Savard. Right. Right. And, and you're telling me that like two comparable players would not be the perfect two players complimenting Right. Your Owen right. Power and your Rasmus Dell. Well, and and you know, and and having Samuelson and Yoki Haru Yoki Haru back. Um yeah, who are injured, exactly. Will will be will, would be good because because now Dalene's not playing with his partner, power's not playing with his partner, you mm-hmm. know, so their 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 defense is off a bit. Um, you know, and then you look at the fact that they went out and got Eric Comrie in the offseason. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, this was a guy who you know, they needed goaltending, obviously. And here's a guy who was, who has done it at the minor pro level, yeah. who uh, was the be- probably the best backup in the league last year in Winnipeg. Um, that's good player evaluation, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not like they need to go out and get a stud in goal because they've got, you know, Uka they've Pekalokinen. got the oldest stud in goal. Well, yeah, they've got an old guy. Uh, but they've also got coming up Ukapeka Lokanen. They've got Devin Levi, who is who is putting together a college career that is like it's it's Ryan Miller like. Yeah. Um, and then they've got the Finnish kid that they drafted, I think, this year in the third round. You know, they're, they're going to be fine in goals. So, you know, they just need somebody to tide them over for the next uh, couple of, you know, a couple of years until they uh, until they uh, until these guys are ready to play. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, y- you always kind of say, yeah, things are going to turn around for Buffalo and you always kind of say it with a question mark at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like things are going to turn inflection. around, like things are going to turn around for Buffalo, you know, yeah. but I think now you're saying things are going to turn around for Buffalo. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the Buffalo's biggest problem right now is that they play in the toughest division in the NHL. Yeah. But so like hasn't seemed to bother them too much, to be honest. Um, But on top of that, like, you know, they're just, they're on the Ascension. I definitely think that they're maybe in a better place than Ottawa is in that sense of things. I don't think I've got as good a sense for where exactly Detroit is on the scale. There's a few unknowns for me for Detroit. Yeah. But so my knee jerk would just say, would be to say that I like Buffalo better than Detroit, but that might just be because of, my own ignorance. No, but I would like, say I I would say that I would say that too. I would say yeah. that too. Okay, so so I'm not totally off base. Yeah. But like you've got so Rasmus Dallin <sighs> is taking on top pairing minutes, right? Yep. He's got in all situations uh a fifty one point seven five percent Corsi four. Oh thanks. So, thanks. Thanks for stealing my piece of information there, Dylan. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, no, Appreciate you're welcome. It. And he's you're got welcome. an expected goals percentage of 62.649671. And he's got a, like an offensive zone starts of the of uh 2.6%. And he and he uh, uh is and he's on the ice for more than the goals against than four. So nobody listen to what Ken just said, please. Those yeah. were not real numbers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so here's so he's on the ice for over five and a half goals for per six. That, that's what I meant. That's what I meant to say. God damn it. Damn oh, you were actually trying to give out real numbers. No, I wasn't. Okay. 
plays on. <laughs> Never mind. He's on the ice for over five and a half. You can tell that COVID has not killed Ken's uh, sense of humor here. But um, it has actually it has actually fogged up my brain, I think. Even more. Even more, more. which is <laughs> how do you like them coughs, eh? Anyways. Wonderful. He's listen, good. Part of the reason why he's on the ice for so many goals is he's scoring all of them. Okay, but here, here's what I wanted to say. His expected goals four per sixty is is almost four. So my we point should is expect that, more goals though. That's what I keep saying. If he's no, that but good, my we point should expect is, more of them. My point is, is that even if he quote unquote regresses to the mean, it's yeah. still an elite level of production. That's what I'm trying to get out here. Yeah. Even if he regresses to the mean, he's still putting up elite levels of production. It's really right. impressive. And and uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. Take it away, you know, on, on Dalene. Well, I mean, he's the Norris Trophy winner at the moment. <laughs> I mean, three weeks into the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, he is he is an elite defenseman. And, and that's what they thought they were going to get. You right. know, I mean, he's becoming what they thought they were going to get from from him. Yeah. And, and it's about, you know, it's right around the time that they probably expected him to start being this kind of player, you know? Yeah. And then you bring in a guy like Labushkin, who's now his partner, but probably won't be for, you know, the, the, uh, uh, for, for all of the season, but, um, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. know, he's, he's been fantastic. Tage Thompson, uh, just signed the big uh, contract in the off season. Yeah. Looking pretty good. If you ask me, uh, his points are fine. They're not excellent, but I don't know if they're fine. He's only got a goal. He's got one goal and six point three points in six games. So I think he's, he's going to have to pick it up. Um, I think, you know, you look at a guy like Casey Middlestat who they didn't really know what they had with him. Like he's yeah. kind of been a disappointment to this point. Right. Yeah. Um, he's a guy who's played much better. Dylan Cousins is is really developing here as their third line center, you know. And they've got Paterka on the right side of that line, and Paterka might be the rookie of the year this year. Like yeah. he is, he has been very, very good, you know. Yeah. So they, yeah, I mean they, uh, they, um, they're in a good spot, no question. Yeah. What, what I was going to say with Tage is, yeah, you're right. Four four points in six games is not as well as much as you'd like. This the season's young. But he's also one of only six players on the entire team with a positive Corsi four percentage. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I'm trying to say is that he's he's contributing on the ice more than just the points. He's moving the puck in the right direction. Well, good for him. Hey, you know, you do that and the points will come, right? <laughs> Oh, I, I'm, I would not be even one slight little bit worried about Tage Thompson at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There's well, nothing I'm to worry just, about. I Especially when you're winning games. Of, Especially when you're winning games, you know? Yeah. 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 I only bring them up because of the contract extension and, of course, all the uh, consternation that happened around that uh, last, uh, last Well, year. yeah. And the consternation that could, that happened around the, uh, the uh, Michael Samuels or Matthias Samuelson extension as well. You know, yeah, that one was very, crazy. very small body of work. But yeah. here's it. But 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 here's where you're seeing the Kevin Adams and and the new regime is that they they saw enough and they liked what they saw and they think he's a good young player and they think he can help them long term. So you you know you sign those players. You sign yep. those players. Yeah. And you know that's a contract that could look like a real 
um, team friendly deal in the future. Like really team friendly. Especially with the cap going up the way that it is. Yeah. I'm not convinced. Eh? I, I, I still, like I said, I'm not a mathematician and I don't play one on TV, but I still need it explained to me how the cap's going to go up by $4.5 million when there's 10% escrow this year and 6% escrow the next three years. And the players still owe $1.1 billion. I don't get it. Um, I mean, I leave our, questions like that for smarter minds than myself. Well, our revenue is going to be that high. Our revenue is going to be that high. I, I get maybe they will. Maybe they will. I mean, that's how it's going to have to happen because maybe these stupid board advertisements that we have to watch flying around in the ca- background. I don't even care about those. Those don't bother me one little bit. I didn't think that they were going to bother me. Like I'm normally one of those people that when I see this stuff on Twitter, I kind of go, all right, everybody, let's just relax. It's not that big of a deal, but they're, they're not great to have moving graphics in the background of a, of a game like hockey. That's ah, it's not not perfect, but I don't, I I don't, it doesn't like surprisingly, it doesn't get my dander up because a lot of stuff gets my dander up. (laughs) You're known for dander raising. Doesn't grind, doesn't grind my gears. Doesn't um, grind your gears. Nor do the nor do ads on sweaters or on helmets or uh whatever. Like none of that really bugs me because it really doesn't change the fabric of the game at all. It's still the game. Whatever the game is gonna be is what the game's gonna be, you know? Don't you mean to say ads on jerseys? No, I meant to say ads on sweaters. No, no, sweaters are what you wear in the wintertime, Ken. Sweaters are what you wear when you play hockey. Jerseys are what you wear when you play basketball or football. All right, I'm just trying to fabricate some drama here. You are. Yeah. You are trying doing a to bad that. job of it too. Uh last last thing on Buffalo. So currently they're in the first wild card spot. Yeah. Uh See, I always go I always go by I always go by and I think they are by by um winning percentage, by points, points percentage. percentage I always they're by- tied with Detroit and Ottawa. <laughs> I always go by that. I always go by that like until like at least the season's one quarter over. Yeah. I always go by points percentage. Yeah. So let's see here. Yeah. I think they're, they're definitely like, they're definitely near, near the top in terms of points percentage. Yeah. Standings. Yeah. 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 They're six sixty seven. So they're actually Ottawa, Buffalo and Detroit all have the same points percentage. They're actually, their points percentage is actually better than Florida's right now. So, um, so they're in a good spot. Yeah, no question. So do you think that they make a run for the playoffs this year or no? I don't think they would do it at the expense of developing their team, you know, long-term. Like, but that being said, like I said, you know, this is not a situation where, you know, you have to hang on to all your prospects because there's going to be a point where there's just not going to be room for everybody. So yeah. you may actually have to trade you know, a, a, a mid-level prospect to get a guy to come in and help you in the, in the short term. And in Buffalo's case, it won't hurt because yeah. they've got so many of them. Like, like they've seriously got like probably 10 or 11 legitimate NHL prospects outside yeah. of their organization right now. They've had, they have guys who they picked in the seventh, sixth and seventh round of drafts who are like contributing to their American league team right now as, as like key players. Um, you know, like I said, with goaltending, they've got three really good goaltenders up, up and coming in their system. Um, there's just not going to be room for everybody. So maybe they do at some point say, 
look, we're not going to have room for this guy anyways. You know, oh, they've also got, I forgot when I talked about their goaltending, they also got Eric Portillo, who's the who's a senior goalie for the uh, University of Michigan. Now, with him and Ryan Johnson, who plays in Minnesota, they that, that's two big prospects there, but they're both seniors. So if they decide to play out this year, and not sign with the Sabres, they will come un- become unrestricted free agents after this year. So if if the Sabres are going to make a trade, uh, trade maybe one of their prospects' rights, it might be one of those guys, you know? Like yeah. you might see one of those guys go because um, maybe they're not going to be able to sign them anyways. And maybe a guy like Eric Portillo is sitting there going, well, you know, I'm like fourth on the depth chart right now. I'm not, sta- I'm not signing here, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... Be interesting to see. Great. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, there was something I wanted to say, and I forget. I forgot. Oh, no. No, I don't think. Uh, just trying to. No, no, I think we're good. A COVID casualty. What? My. What you were going to say. I'm a COVID casualty? No, 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 no. What you were going to say, the thing that you were thinking of that you forgot about. Yeah, no, you you I didn't forget. I was just going to say, I was just going to say about the advertising thing. I, I think that the the ads on the helmets should be worth more than the ads on the sweaters. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. The ads on the helmets, you see them way more. Like oh, yeah. I, can bar- I can barely read the ones on the sweaters when I'm watching on TV. I, uh... Uh, I like the fact that the Leafs are sponsored by milk. Why? Just for the joke value of it or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Ottawa's Ottawa's got a big hole in its lineup now, obviously with uh, Josh Norris, Josh Norris yeah. house out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's a big blow for them. Um, Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt. Yes. I think he's leading the league in scoring. Is he actually? I knew he was doing very well. Well, he's tied. I mean, there's a there's like five guys tied with 12 points. Okay. That's uh it'd be nice if New Jersey could keep some pucks out of their net too, though, eh? That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That'd be good. Take advantage of that. Yeah, I think that team's coming around. I think Jack Jack uh, Hughes is going to be a 100 point scorer this year. That's my hot take. That wouldn't surprise me at all. He's um, off to a slow start, but no, yeah, he is. But uh, but it's also like it's also a little bit of uh, just kind of small sample size. Like when you watch so when you watch some of the games with New Jersey, like it's just like just barely missed opportunities, passes that don't quite land right on the tape, and you just think yeah. that you do that a hundred more times this season and more of those are in the back of the net than are not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I think you're probably right. Um, uh, Nico Heischer's injured right now, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it'll just be, it'll be nice when we see New Jersey with the one, two punch that they envisioned of Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. Right. Right. That'll be that'll be really interesting to see, but still a, a, a gaping hole on on goaltending, and uh, not 
Yeah, just kind of everything from the forwards backwards just kind of it's it just gets worse and worse to me. It's like the defense might be league average at best, and then the goaltending gets worse than that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that thought one. Anaheim was I thought Anaheim was going to be better this year. You did, eh? I did. Huh. Uh, by better, I meant not this bad. I didn't like. I didn't think they'd be a playoff team, but they're one five and one right now. You, you yeah. thought they'd be like two four and one. I thought they'd be closer to like four, 500. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. Kiefer Bellows. Kiefer Bellows on waivers, eh? Really? And he got picked up. He got picked up by Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. So he couldn't play for Barry Trotz or Lane Lambert, but now he's going to be able to try and John play for Tor- John Turner, John Tortorella. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe he's one of those guys that needs a John Tortorella, you know, needs him to, to get on his case. And there are guys, there's a lot of guys who, and I've seen them play over the years. Like I can't remember, you know, nobody sort of comes to mind right off the top of my head, but there are some guys that they just need to have someone push them all the time. And when they're not pushed, they don't, they don't respond. You know, listening to a Jose Theodore interview is what got me to change my mind on that. I used to think that players were self-motivated enough. They wouldn't, they wouldn't not be self-motivated if they made it to the NHL. So let's get off the whole like, oh, the coach just needs to make a speech kind of bandwagon and stuff like that. I I used to be of that mindset. And, and now I've kind of come around to the idea after listening to a Jose Theodore interview where he talked a lot about um, motivation and the good years that he had and the bad years, and the differences between them and what was going on in his head and stuff like that. After listening to that, I thought, Wow, I it, it didn't occur to me that somebody in the NHL would would need that much external pressure to succeed. And it's not to say that that's everybody, you know. Nobody has to tell Connor McDavid. Nobody has to tell uh, 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 what's his name in in uh, Colorado, Nathan McKinnon. Paid, Nathan McKinnon. Nobody has to tell those guys, you know, to to get their butts in gear. But uh, there's more people than I realize that do actually need that uh, constant pressure. Well, John Tortorella actually said something pretty interesting before this season started on uh, they had one of those, like the Flyers put out one of those behind the scenes, blah, 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 that everybody puts out now. Yeah. And <clears throat> he said something about how, and I, I think he's, I think he, he's bang on. He said, he said, you know, most people think the way you think most, and a lot of coaches think that, right. You, yeah. you, you don't, you coach this, you coach the skill, you coach the skill and the systems. Um, he is actually different in that he actually thinks that you have to coach the will. And, and, and I think that's a big part of what success he has. I think it's also a big part of him driving players nuts. And the fact that he has a, has a shelf life. (laughs) I mean, every coach does, but that's his, he's got a quick one. That's his shelf. That's his, that's his, that's his shelf life factor. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if he's a guy that thinks that you have to coach the will um, and he can bring that out in a guy like Kiefer Bellows, like, you know, this is a kid that's been a pretty good player who's really, really underachieved. Yeah. And 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 lastly, I do want to just say you said, like, I think I want to say thought like I thought. Right. I thought what? Well, like I used to think. Oh. 
I used to think that you didn't need to coach the will into players right. after the Jose Theodore uh, thing. Um, right. Lastly, I'll say Carter Hart playing exceptionally well. Yep. And I, I was very curious preseason uh, how he would play on a John Tortorella team. I thought, you know, this is a guy that's made goalies that are make made goalies look good. Right. To, to be quite frank. Yeah. And, uh, and Carter Hart's a goalie that's had a, had a very bad run of uh, situations lately in yeah. uh, in Philadelphia, and uh, but has all the tools to, of course, be the guy that uh, we all thought he was going to be three years ago, right? Right, right. Three, yeah, three years ago now. Jeez, it's getting on. But also, he's yeah. only twenty two, so three years ago he was nineteen. It's a yeah. lot of pressure yep. for a nineteen year old goaltender. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, for not having anything to say, we we certainly said a lot. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for sticking around to the end. Check out kencampbell.substack.com for Ken's great writings. And of course, you can get this podcast directly into your inbox. Check out uh, Hockey No Filter on Twitter at underscore at Ken underscore Campbell 27 at underscore Dylan Wah. And of course, reviews are appreciated. We'll talk to you soon.